You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Now, good afternoon. Good, good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Other Hood. This is a show usually hosted by Penelope Flynn. I'm subbing for her because she's at the Vampire's Ball. At, don't ask me what the Vampire Ball is because I don't know. We have to wait for Penelope to come in and, and tell us what the Vampire Ball is if she's able to make it. But since you want to keep the format uh, going the way we usually go, we start off with the weather. We start off with the the girl from Maryland, Roxanne. What's up in Maryland? Uh not a whole lot. It's uh, low 50s and cloudy. Um, so at least the temperature is pleasant. I don't know what the vampire ball is either, but it sure sounds like fun. I know, right? Right, fun. Miss James, what's up in, uh, what's uh, where are you at again? At Rochester, New York. It's cold. Rochester, well, New York. It's warm for them, cold for me. I still, my Florida blood's still activated. So what's the tip? <laughs> About 40 degrees feels like 35. God, that's good weather. Yeah, I know, but my I'm supposed to be in the 60s or whatever Florida is having down there. But I also heard they're having a really nasty storm. So, you know, you take what you can get. Right. Plus, it's a red state, so we don't care. <laughs> and it's supposed to be, the wet, the temperature here is supposed to be plummeting down to like 25 to on Wednesday. Okay. Well, keep warm, Miss James. Mr. Goodrich, yes, sir. NYC, what's going on in the yes. in the Big Apple? Correct, sir. All right, now it's, it's 53 degrees. It's it's cloudy. It was um kind of a weird kind of I don't know. It was a little chilly, then it got a little warm. That's one you know. It's it's a mild day, I guess it, it it's been. Um, is there such a thing as Okay, you have vampire balls. Do you have like werewolf wingdings or something? <laughs> okay, so that's expected from you. So we're not going to go into all that now. Ghoul galas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 relate to the class and didn't even know the topic. So we're going to move on. Sorry, Mr. Mr. Cranston <laughs> from the red state of Florida. What's Jacksonville to be specific? What's the weather there? It has been, the uh, last couple of days, it's been in the uh, mid-70s while the sun is up. And it drops down into the mid-50s after the sun goes down. So it's been, uh, it's been tolerable. Tolerable. Everybody ready for Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow? Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, we are. Correct, sir. Who's the pick? Who's the pick? KC. You, you got to ask me. I know you, man. I know you, Casey. Anybody else got an opinion? I'm watching the Puppy Bowl, so. Oh, which dog is going to win, then? Whichever one's the cutest, I guess. They haven't Aww. released the lineup yet. Aww. Roxanne, you got a favorite in the Super Bowl? Um, No, because I know absolutely nothing about football. So un-American of you, Roxanne. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I do have a KC jacket, stadium jacket, okay. that was given to me a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I found out it was a Chiefs jacket when I was on my, this is back when I was commuting to work and I was walking across the plaza and someone said, KC, KC. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh -huh. Wow. And and that's when I was told that the jacket was for the Kansas City Chiefs because I thought KC was just some kind of abbreviation for Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> okay. KFC. Like that. So, so now <laughs> I've been educated as to what my jacket is. So I still, like I said, I don't know anything about football. So I don't know. Made the best team win. Well, somebody, you know, KC. James is a fan of KC for his reasons, right? KC is a is a famous town, you know, for a black culture, et cetera, et cetera. And then the 49ers, on the other hand, are one of the most progressive um, NFL teams around. That's when Colin, where Colin Kaepernick got his start. So uh, what do you what do you think? KC 49ers. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with KC. I think I'm gonna go with KC. We'll see what happens. So this show is about and the winner should have been. Basically, the the Oscar nominations came out. What was it last week? So they came out last week, and there are probably a lot of movies that a lot of people haven't seen. I know there are a couple of movies that I've seen. One of them that I really like was American Fiction, uh, written by uh, Cord Jefferson. Really liked that movie. Glad to see that it got a lot of nominations. Um, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Wright was nominated for, for Best Actor. Glad to see Mr. Wright get his nomination. But you know, as we go through the history of, of Oscars, um, even Oscars uh, nominations that were uh, given to black actors, some of them were deserved, other the others weren't so much. And I'm thinking in the vein of Sidney Poitier and Lily's Other Field, you know, that kind of nomination. And, you know, didn't seem to be um, earned, if it's such a thing as possible, earned. But, you know, the nominations of, uh, of, of, of Morgan Freeman and and Denzel and Glory, and of course Denzel and Malcolm X. He was nominated, right? Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah. So did he win? No. No. See, see, that's yeah, the thing. So, right, right. So it's like deserved and and undeserved. And I know you know people say it's an industry award and it, it's how Hollywood wants to be viewed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's why you get movies like you know Get Out of Africa and Driving Miss Daisy. But you know, some of these nominations, it just seemed to be off. You know, you have the Barbie movie where Ken is nominated, but Barbie isn't. So, you know, what what's what's the concern with that? And then you have Bradley Cooper nominated playing uh Leonard Bernstein and with a prosthetic nose. Is that something that you know, calls for superior acting. Is any movie that's based on like a living 
historical figure? Is that really acting or is that like a rich little impersonation? So I don't know if anyone has all the, the list of current nominees up, but in the history of Oscar nominees and Oscars being awarded, can anyone think of besides Sidney Poitier and Lilies of the Field and who else was there? And pictures like Out of Africa and Driving Miss Daisy and movies like, for instance, my, my pick for not deserving, maybe controversial, but do the right thing. Maybe it shouldn't have been nominated, but based on other nominations, maybe it should be there. Do you guys have any nominations, past awards or nominations that you can think of that maybe didn't deserve to be there or shouldn't have, or even this year's nominees, people who are left out, like Barbie, for instance, you know, left out. Okay, I, I personally, I left the the Oscars and the Oscar, you know, nominations and awards. I left that stuff a long time ago, mm -hmm. you know, because first of all, I just had this thing where, you know, okay, I understand, you know, people, you know, gravitate to certain certain movies, but the whole thing where you have the whole year of movies in the movie theaters and then it's like you'll have a movie come out like the last month mm -hmm. of the year and all of a sudden it's nominated um yeah I yeah it calls timing you know it's yeah. like yeah you know it's it's to me that's kind of ridiculous i just want to say with with the whole prosthetic thing um i don't think it's Okay, if if like, why do you I, need to do that? Why do you need to put on a false nose? Well, like, I think that well, defines uh, living birthday. No, well, from what I understand, with that movie, they wanted to get as much detail about his life as possible to the point where they even rebuilt, they built the replica of the loft that he used to live in. Uh, the loft is actually inside. Carnegie Hall. It's in a you know an apartment. I don't think that's to me that's not a problem unless you're Orson Welles, okay? Because Orson Welles had a very bad habit of putting on prosthetic noses for characters, you know, non-historical characters, and he just really to me looked silly. You know, he said he did it because he felt he he was insecure about his nose. But, you know, for corn's sake, Ethel, you don't have to do that <laughs> every, you know. Are, are there actors that already have like large noses? It's, no, it's, it's a little bit about, it's a, it's a little bit like the actress who wanted to play, um, I forgot the singer, um, the civil rights singer, but she wanted to darken her skin. Remember that? Oh, Zoe Saldana for Nina, yeah, 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 for Nina Simone. It's like, can't you just get a dark skin actress? Yeah, can't you get like, uh, uh, what's his name? You know, so how many big nose actors do you have? And you know, it's like, do you really need to do that? Are we doing impersonations now? Yeah, that was a that was a hot mess. That movie, you know, and and I understand that you know she has a deep love for Nina Simone and her music, but 
Get you somebody else. Just, yeah, get somebody else. You could have, or even take a chance and just, you know, just play it. You know, without the the darkening of the skin and the nose right. and all of that, there. But then people know? will complain. Well, Nina and Simone wasn't that light skinned, right? Right. So, yeah, it's kind of a no win situation for well, her. Right. It's kind of. I think it depends on the time and the timing and everything. For example, when um, when uh, Dana Ross played Billie Holiday, she didn't look anything like Billie Holiday physically any any kind of way and everything but it was down to ross nobody had a problem with it we go along a few years later and people can get a little more selective and this kind of thing and these kind of things do uh do make a difference i think that the whole thing about the uh, nose for bradley cooper if nobody had mentioned it nobody would have said anything about it but once you give people something to talk about that's the only thing they talk about yeah but you know nobody knew really Unless she was a huge jazz fan, what what Billie Holiday looked like, right? So I think I think everybody, or well, the people who know, definitely know knew and would say something about it. So yeah, you know, say so, yeah, okay, we can say something about it. But it's what you choose to overlook and what you choose not to overlook. So well, it's like the the person who played Dr. King in that in that Dr. King movie. Did he really look like Dr. King, or did he get like a mustache? shaped like Dr. King's mustache and try to speak in Dr. King's, you know, cadence, you know, in order to convince the audience, I am indeed Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, and then, and then sometimes you get some some actors that are spot on portraying a historical figure, like, um, what, what's his name, um, Andre 3000 with Hendrix, but the, the content of that movie it, it left a lot to be desired, you know. Well, is Andre three thousand good enough actor to play Hendrix? See, that's that's <laughs> that's the thing. That's, yeah, that's 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 what it was, you know. And um, I, I just and, you can't you know, just look like people. Right. <clears throat> it's like the Bob Marley movie, right? So it looked like they went to you know extremes to find somebody that looks like Bob Marley. So do you go? You go for the looks, or you go for the talent? You know, right, that's right. That, that's the thing. So, like, you wouldn't have Denzel Washington put on a Rastafarian wig and play Bar Marley. I don't know if he could or not, but you know, is he a better actor than the actor who's playing Bar Marley now? True that, you, you know. I, I I don't know. So what? you know, I go ahead. Yeah, I think you go for the talent. And uh, and if if you're lucky enough that you can get that um, suspend that disbelief enough that you do that. For example, uh, it went to a lot of trouble to get Jamie Foxx to look like or act like Ray Charles. Yeah. And while you can you kind of overlook it and say, yeah, I can go along with what they're doing and everything. And then sometimes you never said, no, I, I can't buy into this no matter how long you do it. Who is that supposed to be again? So. Right. Yeah, I mean, how many Winston Churchill films were there? You know, it's like every other, like every five or ten years, there's a Winston Churchill film, <laughs> and it's always, you know, the actor is cut bald and, and and slipped into a fat suit and a bowler, you know, and I'm Winston Churchill, you know. So, you know, over and over again, Winston Churchill films, um, 
uh, Dr. King films, Lincoln, Lincoln. You know, we already know what Lincoln. I mean, there's no movies of Lincoln. The only pictures of Lincoln. It seems he seems to have been very tall, right? Had a mole on his under his one of his eyes or something, and had a stovepipe hat. But you know, yeah, and, and, and some some people that have portrayed Lincoln when they speak, it's not actually how Lincoln sounded because they said that Lincoln's voice was high pitched. You know, who said that? No, this is what historians say. Oh really? In fact, I think um, Gorby Dow, mm -hmm. okay, his father I think was a senator back then, believe it or not, and um, he said that yeah, Lincoln when he spoke, he had a high pitched voice, like four stars. <laughs> Come on, man. No, this is what uh -oh. he said. That's not inspiring anybody. I know. If but... he sounded like that, nobody would. It wouldn't be on Civil War. <laughs> Wait, wait, what you wanted wanted him to he have, have like a, a deep voice. A, a four score. <laughs> yes, that's his Yeah. I'm or going maybe. to free the I'm going to free the slave as opposed to I'm going to free the slave. I mean we, we don't have Paul Freeze around anymore, you know, he was <laughs> you know, he, he but, Paul Freeze, that was the man. <laughs> but these, but he, yeah, he had a great voice. But these impersonation movies, I don't you know, I'm not so certain about them getting Oscar nominations, playing a historical figure, especially, you know, someone that's, you know, you have a movie, you have pictures of other than like, you know, old pictures like Lincoln, but you have actual, you know, you go to the videotape, right? You go to the video and see all the mannerisms of a Dr. King or, uh, 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 you know, uh, Leonard Bernstein, you can see all these man, even the Elvis, right? There's so many pictures of an Elvis, you know. So, but these these kind of uh, portrayals are almost certain to gain Oscar attention. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think in the situation? Because again, I I don't know. Um, do you think in the situation with Barbie? Do you think it's a case of? How can I say they felt Barb the whole Barbie phenomenon? It was like too big for its britches, so they wanted to take it down a notch. What do you mean too big? You know, it's like okay, and this is definitely true with with science fiction films. Science fiction films, especially blockbusters, usually don't do good at at the Academy Awards. You know, they'll get like best special special effects awards maybe um um soundtrack you know what i'm saying score right and stuff like that but you never see especially if it's a money maker you never see like a actor get nominated or win well in like you know science fiction movies well we've mm -hmm. talked about it before but the academy is basically despite the fact that uh la is supposed to be this hotbed of liberalism and this kind of thing is older wider and conservative and there are certain classes of movies that the academy just ignores they don't do well with comedies well genre movies comedies westerns they don't do well gangster movies unless you can put it into a larger context like the godfather 
can pass as a family drama, but not as a gangster movie. You mm. can do Unforgiven as a drama, but not as a Western. Westerns don't generally do well. And so some movies are not going to do well no matter what because of their, um, because of their just one of those uh, look down your nose genres and everything. So 2001 didn't get nominated for Best Picture because they looked at it. It should have been, right? Simple, simple as that. But it should have been, right? Is your in your opinion, it should have. Been. I think it should have been, yeah. Right, yeah. I see it as um, I see it in the in the print uh, on the print side of things, just as um, literary fiction people look down on genre, and so many of the awards, the the um, the big time awards, um, big time. I mean you know, that people have heard of, you know, even outside of the, um, like the Man Booker Prize and things like that. I mean, they're, they're not about genre fiction. And I, and I um, made the mistake of, I used to belong to the Maryland Writers Association, which I had no idea was literary and not genre. And I joined a critique group, um, first critique, critique group, didn't know what I was doing got in there, you know, I said, well, I write genre fiction and this, the, you could, I could just feel the sneers. Hmm. And um, so I went once and never went back. I, I mean, it, it was like, you write genre fiction, you're not a real writer. And I think yep. the movies are just like that when they, um, <clears throat> when they come to, when it comes to genre movies. Um, I think there's this kind of snobbishness that because if it's a genre movie, then it can't be any good. Genre movies, they for some reason, the old guard tends to think of it as a children's drama. It's fluff. Yeah. Any, it's any genre or just... Most genres, because uh, horror has never been a big winner. Fantasy, Lord, um, I remember when Lord of the Rings, the what is it, Coming of the King? One and I was just we were all looking at the TV like oh my god it actually won but that's because it was an epic mm. movie right. so they could disperse with oh there happens to be trolls and all of that in there right yeah I was just reading an article that until Black Panther got nominated because they knew there would be a riot if they didn't <laughs> mm. um it probably would never have made it in and now and thanks to black panther getting thing um everything at once always at once i can never say that and when i'm thinking about it everything everywhere all at once mm -hmm. that's why it it broke the barrier so that that could win because and they couldn't deny that that was science fiction and something they did this year at the golden globes which is essentially they should have called the award the movie made a crap load of money award but it gave <laughs> some other name about the most popular or something like that but that's what it comes down to whoever made the most money and barbie won for that one you know so if you can sneak it in somehow and say yeah you know we'll we'll give it for this reason but generally they tried that with Black Panther. They were going to create a special category right. just for Black Panther, and everybody went, "No, yeah. you're going to but, recognize it. You recognize it for the best picture it is." But how many people that voted to for the award of best picture actually watched the movie? 
if you got some a bunch of old white people, they're gonna watch a movie called Black Panther. They're gonna think, you know what? Beauty. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to relive the '60s. So I was. Was that because Best Picture is voted by everybody, where yeah. directors only vote for directors, which is probably why Greta Garrig didn't get nominated because what older white male is going to admit that he watched the Barbie movie and enjoyed it until Kevin Costner went on the Golden Globes and started quoting America Ferrer's speech word for word. That wow. I could, you could hear the gasp in the audience when he knew it word for word and he wasn't Whoa. reading the cue card. Well, if that's the case, if you got, if, if the directors are voting for themselves, I mean, for their colleagues, if you have someone like Martin Scorsese, who doesn't think anything that doesn't have like, you know, someone getting shot in the head and it, it's not a serious movie, then he's not gonna vote, or nor, nor is he gonna vote or watch Barbie mm -hmm. or Black Panther or any sort of, you know, Marvel Universe or DC Universe movie. Yeah, but then on the other hand, you have somebody like um, a couple of years ago, Steven Spielberg had said that um, Top Gun uh, Maverick should have been uh, recognized for saving movies and stuff. So there, for everybody that was going to vote only for their friends and vote against anything that's popular, you do have people that do recognize the other things that the uh, movie may represent. But yeah. then Spielberg's also the one that said, any movie that's not shown in a movie theater, big screen for however, you know, certain parameters aren't really movies. Well, that's gone now, right? Isn't that over? Oh well, yeah, because he signed a deal. He got a buttload of money, for, I think, from Amazon. Yeah, so that's gone. That's no longer a thing, right? So, but it took them handing him over a whole lot of money, yeah. whichever company it was. Well, Barbie made a lot of money, right? Yeah, but yeah. it didn't make it for. It made it for Warner Brothers, and people didn't really want to vote for Warner Brothers this Why year. Why not? Because of all the stuff that they were saying, uh, that the, their uh, chairman was saying during the strikes. No. Oh. And some of the things they did, you know, so. Um, yeah. Well, it's in there anyway. And, and yeah. so, do you think the the actress, Barbie, uh, played Barbie, was, was punished? If that's the case, why wasn't Ken punished? You, you got to give him something. They yeah, also voted, they also nominated America Ferrer. And yeah. two songs from the, you know, two songs from the soundtrack. But not Barbie. And they didn't get nominated for May Hair and Makeup. When, when you saw all the stuff that they had to go through to get the hair and makeup right, you know, at least fantasy films could have always depended on that category. They didn't even nominate them for that. Well, uh, The Color Purple didn't, didn't earn any money. Apparently nobody saw it. It got nominated anyway. I wonder why. Because that makes them feel good. Yeah, because it's something like back in the day, Black Misery, and put it to music. Mm -hmm. That's a winning combination. And it's Oprah. You don't want to piss Oprah off. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to piss Oprah off. And Tyler Perry. You already Oprah. pissed Oprah off the last time when hardly anything got nominated for Color Purple. What do you mean? The last? The last time uh, uh, that yeah, was nominated, didn't that get a bunch of nominations? Got a whole bunch yeah, of nominations. Yeah, win, no win. Well, you know what? I mean, being nominated puts you in the game. Who expect you to win? Who should have won? I mean, the old color purple movie, you know, the, the original cast, okay. At the time, it Who was designated won? as the favorite. Who should have won? 
they were they everybody was pulling for Whoopi, which is why people said they gave her ghost the following year because they should have given it to her the previous year. Oh, it's a Color makeup Girl. Oscar. That was the claim people were making. Yeah, so you can't get something if you're a strong black character like uh like uh uh City Portier was in Raising in the Sun. You you won't get an Oscar win, but if you do uh, Lilies of the Field, then you will get an Oscar. Because that's what I get makes it. you. Yeah. I get well, it. Yeah. Well, well that, also, that goes that goes back to look at Denzel Washington. He won for what Training Day. Yeah. And then I think with with Halle Berry. Monsters Ball. Monster yeah. Ball was Thaddeus yeah, said Monster Ball. Yeah. He, I, apparently, Thaddeus doesn't think that uh, Halle Berry deserves an Oscar for Monsters Ball. What's the consensus? Anybody had want to want to say whether you think Halle Berry deserved it or should have won? I think she's a good act actress or actor, but I, why is it that she had to win for that? You know, she was good in that role because Hollywood doesn't like giving it to beautiful women unless they are bearing their souls and they look and they dirtyish. The same excuse because I watched something with her and Charlize, uh, Charlize Theron who won for Monsters Ball. Well, They're like, was. yeah, we looked our absolute nastiest. Yeah. And that's she, when they decided, oh, you did good work. We'll give you the Oscar. But she bared more than her soul in Monsters Ball. Yeah, I know. But so I had like... to be just in case <laughs> you have any other people watching. Well, I'm just saying, she didn't look dirty to me. I mean, she didn't. Yeah, but she wasn't a strong. What is it? Thaddeus went. They don't want us to win unless we're bearing our souls or bearing our asses. Yeah, <laughs> put a bare ass. Yeah, there you go. A bare ass. You're right. I mean, wasn't that the same thing with with Morgan Freeman and um? Uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh no, the other. Oh, Glory. Were, no, Christopher Reeve. He. That oh yeah, what you mean? Uh. Was that Christopher Reeves movie when he was a pimp? Yeah. Did he get an Oscar nomination for that? I think he did. Because I think that was the movie that, that kind of put him on the map, even though he was, you know, doing stuff before that. But that was a good role, though. He did a good job, you got to admit. He was kind of scary. No? no I mean, Christopher I mean... Reeves, I mean, basically... That was a Christopher Reeve movie, and he lost control of his own movie. Right. Like Morgan Freeman just took it over. No. Well, anybody else think that Holly Berry doesn't didn't deserve her Oscar? Besides Sonia, I didn't say she didn't deserve it. Yeah, you said I she said looked it, dirty. I said, I, asked, that I asked with dirty. I said that Hollywood won't give it to the pretty women. Oh, unless they they look dirty. Okay, well, you know, all the women in Hollywood looks look glamorous. <laughs> yeah, but they're not who's, who's, who's the They're not considered the pretty women. Who's a, who's a not a who would you I, consider I, not a pretty woman? Oh, we lost Cranston. We lost Cranston. Uh, but who's not a who's not a pretty woman? I don't know what Hollywood's definition is, but all of them are they. they are they unattractive women who are getting roles in Hollywood? Let me know. No, but they're known for being more than the pretty face. Hollywood has already accepted Such them as? as the pretty, like um, 
well, Judy Dench is all over the place and uh, and and Meryl Streep. They were beautiful women, mm-hmm. but they had to get past that initial hump of being considered the pretty face. Hmm. I don't know well, about that. And Meryl's Meryl. That's a, you know that's another category. So you called him Meryl ugly? Is that it? No. <laughs> Love twisting it. Hmm. I'm not twisting it. I'm telling the truth. I, I'm putting words in your mouth because. <laughs> Those the words are coming out. You said Mel Mel Street was unattractive. I did not say. I said she got past the pretty face stage in their eyes. Okay, so she was in Kramer v. Kramer, right? Yes. And so was she pretty in that in that? I'm thinking about going further back. You know, she was considered the pretty face. Once okay. they got past that pretty face, and then, stage, and then after that, after that, you don't have to worry about her being pretty anymore. Well, it's for some reason they finally realized she's more than just a pretty face, which is what everybody else knew. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so other, other women who are genuinely pretty, like Holly Berry, have to dirty themselves up. They have to get past that pretty, more beyond the pretty face stage. Yes. Okay, and the same goes for men, like Bradley Cooper putting on a. Of course not. A phony nose? Of course not. That's hmm. not the standard in Hollywood. Men can look whatever they want to look. An ugly man winning an Oscar. What does that look like? Who's the ugliest man to win an Oscar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hoffman, <laughs> Gene Hackman. Oh, he's not ugly. But yeah, but they're not conventionally pretty. He's he not, he not like Robert Redford or Denzel or something, but it's not yeah. like... I can't stand was, to sit next to this guy. I got to move. What was the name? Um, the the guy who ran when Halle ran. He she ran up and kissed her. Um, from piano, the, the pianist. Um, Adrian. Oh, Adrian Brody, who should have yeah. played, who should have played the uh, Leonard Bernstein, because he's already got a big nose. Yeah, but he wasn't producing it. It was Bradley Cooper's movies. Bradley was producing, directing, and wrote it. Okay, so that's how it goes now, and. <laughs> You know, and the thing is, also these movies. Who was calling for a Leonard Bernstein movie? His family. Well, anybody but his family. That's basically because people the family. Interested, because people family interested in like, the conductor of uh, the New York Philharmonic is that, you know, and then Thaddeus said Gene Hackman. So he, Thaddeus said Gene Hackman is ugly. Well, he's, he's, he's not. He's not great looking. He's not a he's classic. Not a, but he's not, not the pretty boy. Movie. No, he's not a pretty boy. He's not a pretty. He's a he's a guy you would see on the streets in New York. Right? Yeah, so he, fact, he has an angry man's face. In <laughs> fact, when they were when they were both in uh, acting classes in New York in the early sixties or whatever, that both Hackman and um, and uh, Hoffman were in the same class, and the guy teaching the class told them, you know, they might be able to get character parts, but they'd never get leads because they don't look like leads. Yeah, he forgot that the seventies happened. Yeah. So in the movie from Humphrey the seventies, Humphrey Bogart was the same way. Yeah. I mean, who would have ever thought of him as a leading man? Yeah. Exactly. He was the second banana in 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 B gangster movies. Mm-hmm. But then you know, as he got older, you know, Casablanca. You know, all of the uh, the uh, Sam Spade movies. He became a romantic lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he he broke good in those movies but when he first started you know he was that that you know gangster that nobody wanted to deal with you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? 
he'll kiss you and kill you or rather kill you than kiss you but yeah. you know you, yeah but you has you know james cagney is kind of like that right not that but in the 70s you had these these actors it seemed like the movie industry was more interested in talent rather than looks and that's why you had a dustin hoffman al pacino those kind of you know not classically robert de niro, robert de niro didn't look like a you know clark gable or anybody like that so it seems like we spun that around and now it's it's more looks than than talent well i think that's indicative of entertainment in general um you know people just want to look at the pretty face i mean they're not interested in the message of the movie they're not interested in the movie themselves itself um they're just interested in who's in it and yeah. the prettier the better i mean it's, it's just like you know it's it's just like publishing yeah. um you know all of the formulaic stuff and it seems like that's really all there is now people want to read their formulas they even um, they're not interested in trying something different new um they just you know i, I mean i'm not saying that that's a bad thing i mean people want to read what they want to read but i think also too i mean it's it's you know and of course the the publishing houses they want to they'll buy what sells and i think one of the and of course there are always exceptions there's Nettie Okorafor but um but you know so much of it is is just formula i mean like look at the popularity of the marvel movies i mean that's just eye candy you know there's nothing there's nothing really to um to i mean it doesn't say anything well you sound like uh, martin scorsese now is it basically he 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 said marvel movies are like a roller coaster ride it takes well, you up are. and down and then you get off the ride and then you like go eat some cotton candy or go on another ride well and they are but again, you know, but this is what the audience wants. So this is, these are the movies that Hollywood is going to make because those movies make money. Well, do you think it's what the audience wants or what the audience is going to, this is, this is not what you asked for. This may not be what you want, but this is what you're going to get. They'll well, let you know, you know, a certain segment of people, you know, they want escapism, you know, they, they go through their everyday life, you know, the ups and downs, and they want to go either, whether it's a streaming service or actually going into the movie theater or whatever. They want something to get away from life for a couple of hours. And I was going to, my other thing, and they'll let you get away with it on your phone because that's how Steve Jobs operated iPhone. He didn't ask people what they wanted. He just built it and hyped yeah. it enough that people came. Um, yeah. but they won't let you do it in almost any other industry. It's not your rest. It's not, it's not like a it's, restaurant. It's not, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. It's, you've got to give them what they want. Well, you, I think no, you tell them what they want and you give, and then you give them to them. Then you tell them, this is what you wanted. Only Steve Jobs has been successful at doing that. Well, I think in the recent history. 
was that, you know, when you had the tentpole movie, which was like the, the uh, thing for the summer, and that's what everybody waited for that. And then somebody said, well, what if you gave them a tentpole every three months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, as Roxanne was talking about publishing, you know, the movie American Fiction. And so how many people know what that movie, the general public knows what that movie is about? So if they don't know what it's about, there's nothing exciting in the title that makes them want to see it. If they do know what it's about, you know, depending on your ethnicity, you may race to see it or, you know, avoid it completely. But it's it's uh, it was surprising that it got a nomination. I, I'm happy that it did, but it was surprising to me because it, it just it slaps a lot of um, liberalism in the face, conservatism and liberalism in the face about what's acceptable to the black community. As, as, as Thaddeus was saying, you know, it's like, they, they don't want us let's be burying our souls or burying our ass in the color purple. You know, we had that movie already. Now it's, now it's the same movie, different actors. And now it's, now it has music. And so of course it gets nominated and but why, if, if people are, are going to movie to escape, what the hell am I watching Color Purple with music for? Because it's familiar. It's safe. It's familiar. You know the story. You know how it ends up. Yeah. It's like a bunch of tragedy set to music. <laughs> that's, that's why when they first mentioned, they was first talking about making it, I was like, I... Yeah. I, it's like, I, why yeah. is that? You but know. remember, it was on Broadway for a long time. So yeah. it's not like, the, you know, it's just like they just decided we're going to kind of film the, uh, the Broadway show now. Yeah, that don't mean that it was good, though, Clancy. I mean, it's on Broadway and a lot of out-of-towners saw it because <laughs> they knew they knew what the color purple was. <laughs> Did you really need to? Why is it black tragedy, uh, black sorrow movies need to be remade with music? Like you have Raisin in the Sun. that make a musical called Raisin. And then you have Color Purple. Let's make a musical called. Well, it's, they kept the title the same. So, but you know, if you add music to it, it's going to make it better. I saw this already. There's nothing going to happen. It's a bunch of uh, raping, incest, and and just brutalization. And now you're adding tunes to it. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm waiting for the the Albert Fish musical. What's that? Now, Albert Fish was a serial killer cannibal. Okay. That, that lived up a couple of blocks up from me on First Avenue. So I'm waiting for that musical. That's Why don't you great. write it? Why don't you write the song? <laughs> actually, actually, <laughs> actually, before the theft. Okay. <laughs> before the theft this week, I was in the process of working on a short story with my two characters. Yeah, but it's like you know, the, 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 the Charles Manson, the musical, <laughs> you know, son of, son of Sam, the musical version. Hey, you know, man, I mean, there's there's tragedies, but you know, I don't, you know, white people get Oklahoma, we get color purple. Well, you know, how many movies, you know, I mean, Hollywood is very fond of producing movies about black pain. Yeah. Um, and it's like, 
that's all they want to see. Right. Um, they don't, which is why, you know, I was, I was surprised about Black Panther. Um, you know, you have a movie where Black people are in charge and right. the white guys are the second bananas, the comedic effect, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, but other than that, has there ever been a movie not about Black pain or a comedy um, that has, you know, garnered the attention? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's a, you know, TM's, uh Turner movie classics or Turner classic movie whatever it is is uh showing Oscar movies and one of them was uh, in the heat of the night and that famous Sidney Portier scene when he says they call me Mr. Tibbs I guess you know for this first time it's kind of you know rebellious, well, for its right? time I mean absolutely you have a black man asserting himself as a man in the south in the, in the south yeah, yeah. I mean, that, was, that was pretty controversial yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the slap heard around the world was in that movie too yeah yeah but you know growing up is and you saw that movie i mean not being a grown-up i don't think anybody saw this movie for the first time as a grown grown-up maybe not i don't know i saw it as a kid i saw it as like oh yeah okay whatever it's sure he would slap the shit out of that guy <laughs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> and he, you know, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Are you joking? They call me Mr. Tibbs. It's like, but you know, for his time, you're right, Roxanne. It's it's cutting edge. You yeah, know, I know the, the the first time I saw it was I know you remember this auto, the old 4:30 movie on Channel Seven. Yeah, yeah, that's the first time I saw it. Yeah. I'll, and that's why the the, the so-called black exploitation movies, which will never get any Oscar nominations ever, was so much, you know, unless, that's it's, why they, unless it's written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Or right, exactly. Yeah. So they, they never got any nomination, probably won't get any nomination, but to to a, a, a black populace, it was empowering. It's like, you know, you got you got Sidney Poitier calling you know saying to Rod Stagger they call me Mr. Tip and they got Pam Grier taking out a, 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 a Uzi and shooting motherfuckers down which one would I rather have <laughs> it'd be better they call me Mr. Tip motherfucker that's why they should have created if they're going to create the popular movie they should have had it way back then so we would have had a pattern of winning it yeah and nobody ever complained about those movies being nominated, you know? Well, I read an interview with Pam Greer and she was she was saying, you know, she didn't she didn't understand it back then. She says, because you know, I was I was going for an Academy Award <laughs> when, when she was playing in the right. black exploitation movies. I would have given it. You know, but on the other hand, you know, think again, think about the times. I mean you know, we had Cicely Tyson, everybody loved her, and maybe a few others, but you know, these were movies where black actors actually got work. Right. I you mean, know, is that the thing? Is, it, is that the thing to get work? I mean, you know, you had Cicely well, Tyson. No, I'm not saying that these movies were created so that black actors got work, but these movies 
but the fact that they were all black, you know what it reminds me of the black exploitation movies. It reminds me of the race movies that Oscar Michaud mm -hmm. um, filmed back, you know, in the twenties and thirties, mm -hmm. you know, um, it was more like we're going to showcase our own. Right. Um, you know, we're not going to listen to what the white people say. We're going to mm -hmm. showcase our own, and you know, the black exploitation. I mean, and I don't even like that word, black exploitation. I don't like that either. Who are, um, they, who are those movie exploiting? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think white people called it black exploitation. They had to. They had to come up with that name because it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm no. not, I don't feel exploit. I never no. felt exploited watching the, those movies. Exactly. Exactly. They were working and they were working hard. But, you know, again, they made the kind of movies that they thought that um, they knew black people wanted to see movies where the women were strong, the men were strong. You know, nobody pushes us around, you know, the kind of movie yeah. that made the audience feel like, you know, hey, we are something. Because if you remember in the 70s, I mean, hey, you know, the 70s was a great time. I mean, it was a, a wild party where everyone was badly dressed. But there was still a lot of bullshit mm -hmm. going on in terms of representation in the arts. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the black exploitation movies filled a need that Hollywood was not going to fill. Right. Yeah. And and we got to come up with a better name. I hate that yes, name, Black Exploitation. I agree. I agree. It's I, nonsense. Like, like you said, um, Otto, those people, the the actors in those movies weren't exploited at all. No, I, and I, you know, as a kid watching those movies, I didn't feel exploited. No, we no, had well, fun. It was a rousing time, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you have to give, of course, me being the king of the bees, you have to give America International Pictures credit because. They're the ones that put out a lot of the black exploitation movies. In fact, their thing was to, to exploit any type of trend back then, you know. And um, you you just have to give them credit because they gave the people what they wanted, especially the black community back then. Well, you know, I enjoyed it, and and the thing is, why are they B movies? Why are they considered B movies? Because like, the actor or director is well, not associated the budget, with it? the budget, the budget, because you know, ninety-nine percent of B movies are, are low budget, and also the fact that back in the day when you went to a movie theater, you had the top shelf movie, and then you had the B movie. And and then you also had cartoons and all, all of that there. The B so, side of a of a forty five. Yeah, the B movie was just something done on the quick that would be there to um sort of like you know fill out the the movie theater whatever they were showing for that day. You know, you went to you know the cartoon first, and then maybe the B movie, and then the feature film. Um, I could even remember going into my neighborhood theater, the ward in the Bronx, and they would even show like educational films first, then the cartoon. I don't remember cartoons, but I mean, but 
but the movies, the so-called B movies, to me, didn't look that that different from the the so-called '70s movies like uh, Serpico or the Gene Hackman movies, you know, or or um, Panic at Needle Park. Don't well, look the same to me. The cinematography looked the same. Well, you know, they had to spend their money. Yeah, and you know that was also a trick of cinematographers. You know, with the B movies, if they didn't have enough money, they would, you know, shoot like close, closed-in shots. And really, back then, when you're in the movie theater, you're watching it. You're not really paying attention to the quality. Of how it's how it was shot, so to speak, you know, and um, you well, know, every back... once in a while, you see a, a boom mic coming. Oh yeah, screen. oh yeah. yeah, I remember. There's a couple of Dolomite movies from back then where he walking, <laughs> and you see the boom mic, yeah, dip down, and then maybe the whoever the well, sound you can't count. Is. You can't count Do Dolomite as a B movie. That's a that's a letter lower than B. <laughs> that's that's uh. That's a D or maybe a J movie. Yeah, that's well, like a C or D maybe. One one of Hollywood's greatest secrets is that throughout Hollywood's run that you hear about, you know, Angels with Dirty Faces and Wizard of Oz and all of that, but that they always made most of their money off those undercard movies. Those, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for every uh, How the West Was Won or something like that you had uh 15 you know like comanches in utah or something like that movies that they showed so yeah uh, and also a lot of the people that went on to do greater things started out working in those um bad movies getting the uh the credit thing is credits you want to have enough credits to say yeah i did this i did that i can do this on time i can do this on this budget and those are the things that are your like audition films for the time all those um undercard movies that you made back in the day and everything so it's just now that they're, they're all direct to video yeah but I, i'm just i'm just saying you know based on what i've seen those so-called b movies like with pam greer and richard roundtree and and uh, isaac hayes as truck turner and all that those movies cinema cinematography related didn't look that much different from the the grungy movies that you know Dustin Hoffman and Al Pacino, those guys were in. I mean, uh, well, Paddock and Needle Park, that was a semi B movie, you know. That yeah, but why is it B though? See, that's my well, again, that's the B, question. There's a, just a budget designation they had. Yeah, they're, they're just it wasn't movies. quality, it was how much money they gave them. Well, some yeah. some B movies, it was the quality. <laughs> um, I mean, what, what's fact, the, the quality of fact, what? Hold on, hold on, the quality of what? The script. The cinematography, all of it. The music, the music, yeah, all, all of it. You get the script. It was usually somebody might have been just starting out, or somebody that was on their way down. The cinematography, it it, it might have been. Now, how can you call? How can somebody call Shaft a B movie then? Now Shaft, they didn't give him a whole lot of money. Yeah, but Shaft wasn't Shaft wasn't a a B movie. But people it, would it, put it part of the. Black exploitation, yeah, film, it, right. That's the only reason why people would call it a B movie. I mean, Columbia Pictures. Okay, a lot of people don't know. Columbia Pictures was they were a B studio that worked their way up 
to a top shelf studio. If you look at a lot of stuff that was filmed by um, Columbia Pictures, a lot of that stuff was done in black and white and not because for artistic purposes. What are you okay. talking about the Three Stooges and stuff? Even regular, regular, um, regular Columbia pitch uh, movies like, um, uh, like their crime movies. Um, just about most of their stuff they filmed in black and white. They were, they weren't considered a, a top shelf studio until maybe going into the fifties, to tell you the truth. Well, you think about it, if you film Shaft in black and white in a kind of a noir kind of, you know, setting, would that make it, would that take it out of the B movie Possibly. category? Possibly. That's all it took, right? Yeah. You know, and and, and nothing, nothing for nothing, Shaft is what saved, pretty much saved MGM at the time because MGM, they were on the verge of bankruptcy. They brought our black backs to the bank. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think Penelope is she's is here in talking about this uh vampire ball thing. Let's see. Oh, I see I see I see Barclays on. And you got muted, so we can't tell. <laughs> 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 They're not choosing to unmute, it says. So I I can't. It turn, She's just letting us know she's alive. Okay. But, uh, it, one of the things that made B movies hmm. B movies was that you didn't have uh, A list acting, you didn't have A list writers, you didn't get, you know, the, uh, the uh, top of the game cinematographers or casting or anything like that. And you didn't have the same production. You're talking about something that you can do in like four weeks and then, you know, it's yeah, but if you're talking, yeah. if you're talking about Shaft being a, a B movie, then it had an a, a a soundtrack because it got nominated for an Oscar and won. Yeah, well, what happened was the other thing was it's kind of like your guilt by association because I have been re I, I've recommended uh, movies like Black Panther Get Out to uh, people that I know. And they will say, well, what is it about? And then you tell them. And then after that, they will pause for a second and say, well, that sounds like a black exploitation movie. Yeah. They think yeah. Black Panther is the same thing as, uh, uh, what was that one, the, the prison movie, uh, uh, Black Chicks in the Isaac Isaac Kennedy like in it or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Penitentiary. Yeah, yeah penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But that's crazy. But it's that same thing if you, uh, there, there are certain uh, things that they won't go to. If I, I know some people that won't see a movie, no matter what it is, if Spike Lee directed it. They won't, why not? Because it's a Spike Lee movie and he's a black director and they don't want to go see it. They figure there's something automatically inferior about it. But who, who on this panel have seen American fiction? Not yet. Nope. It's on my list. Shame on all of you. You call yourself writers? This is about black writer. Yeah, when you're living it, it's a whole different <laughs> There you go. Thank it's not you. Not a documentary, Miss James. I know that, but You know what I mean. He's preaching yeah. basically he's preaching to choir. Just... No, he's not. 
No, you not. Do you see the trailer? Yeah. And he said, "You think he's preaching to the choir?" He. We know exactly what he's talking about. Okay. So you don't need to see it. I'm not saying I'm not going to see it. But you ran oh. to see that color purple, though, didn't you? Nope. And Medea, uh, Medea Halloween. Though, I have not that. seen a single Tyler Perry film. <laughs> you have to see. One. I tried to get a job from him, but I didn't see a single film. I tried to watch a, a Medea movie because I just wanted to see what it was all about. Could you get all the way through it? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I got about maybe a third of the way through it, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> I could I couldn't watch it. I couldn't get I couldn't. I mean, it's it's um but you know, once again, if making money is the uh criteria, it makes a shit load of money. Yep. Right. And you know, one thing I, I thought about, you know, after I turned it off, I thought I thought about okay, why didn't I want to finish this movie? You know, Medea was obviously the comic relief. And you know, Medea was funny. I'll I'll admit that. But you know, the, <laughs> but the underlying story, you know, the the subplot, um, you know, it was all about black pain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, nah, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. No. It's about black pain. That's all. And it got some some dude dressed like a woman. Yeah. So it's <laughs> different in that respect. But yeah, you know. Well, the thing that always fascinated me about Tyler Perry movies is you look at the people that he gets to be in them and you wonder how did he blackmail them or what, you know, so. No, because it's, it's like we said earlier, someone said earlier, it's work. It's work yeah. and you're supporting your community. I need to be working. It yeah. literally hires everyone out of all the, uh, as much as he can, he hires people from the poor area of Atlanta. I've been I've been to the studios. I've seen talked to people who work with him when I was down there. He hires a lot of people from that area. And it's well, you know, that's poorest that's neighborhoods. Like, that's like the wire. But yeah. I, I never watched it. Um You never watched that's it? That's like the wire that took place in Baltimore. I mean, a lot of those a lot of the thugs that starred in that series were really thugs from off well, you, the street. You never, watch, you never watched it? No, I didn't. But I, I, live, I live right outside of Baltimore, so I know I know a pretty good deal about it. And um, the, the woman, one of the leads, one of the uh, uh, women leads, she's disappeared. I mean, mm -hmm. she really was a thug. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they found these people in Baltimore who could act. And, you know, and it was also also knowing a, a, a good deal about Baltimore, it was very real mm -hmm. um, in the sense that, you know, the lives that they lead. But again, I didn't watch it because it was about black pain. Yeah. Yeah. And highly, highly um, regarded. Right. Yes. Yes. And, but again, there's a, there's a prequel. And it seems that and it seems that. You know, certainly there are people who are going to relate who are going to relate world. because it's our world. Um, and um and you know um you know yeah, I mean South Side of Chicago. Yeah, I mean South Side of Chicago. Okay, there's an echo. Okay, there's an echo yeah. again. Yeah. Cranston, can you turn Cranston, off your can mic? Can you turn off your mic and 
There we go. So, so you know, and I, you know, I, 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 oh, okay. yeah, I Somehow appreciate the, picking the, up the um, face. You know, I appreciate the 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 depiction of real life for poor black communities. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that there are people who can relate to it because that's that's their lives. But again, you know. Um, the, you know, it was about black, black pain. And, and how does it play to the white audience? They love is it. That, I mean, is that, is that what they think, you know, all black people are about? Yeah. Exactly. They do. Exactly. Yeah, that's why the Cosby show is like, they ain't real. Right. You know, but a color purple is real. Right. What makes the color purple more real than the Cosby show? It got music because in it. it was about black pain. What was that one that was it Wesley Snipes? Um, something about Sugar Hill. But that was a gang, a black gangster. Yeah, movie. it was called Sugar Hill. It was called Sugar Hill. Okay. Yeah. That was a black gangster movie. Yeah. American Gangster was a gangster movie. Yeah. So Denzel you know, I, so I just um, you know, but you I know just the thing is, is that Godfather. The Godfather series is about gangsters, right? Yes. But the Academy the Academy The Mafia has been so romanticized mm -hmm. in um in American culture that it's like people can like overlook that it's a gangster movie. The Sopranos. It's a family it's a family drama. Yeah. Yes. So, so um, Trans, you're gonna, gonna have to mute yourself, yourself, man. What is that? Is the that refrigerator, rudder? He's he's yeah. um he's he's in like he's, he's in twice for some reason. But yeah, you got you got Godfather, you got the Sopranos. You know, nobody's romanticizing any crimes that we commit. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> There's nothing romantic about it. Because our crimes aren't about our gangster crimes aren't about family. They can pretend that the, the Sopranos right there. It's the Sopranos. It's not the mafia. It's the Soprano family you're looking at. Well, you the know, Godfather was the, about the mafia. The Godfather. But he was too. the father figure to all of these people, and it, taking care of his family is. The dude put a horse in a in somebody's bed. That was because he was a bad. He wasn't a good, oh, the child. Stood, he wasn't being respectful to the Godfather. But you know, you, they can, you look they at can that, rationalize you look, that in their you look head. At that, you look at that gangster movie, and it got a series of Oscar nominations. You know, cinematography, music, blah blah blah, screenplay. You look at a gangster movie like New Jack, New Jack City, also gangster, right? And you, you see a different kind of depiction of the gangster life. It's the gangster life is like, you know, from from a black perspective in that movie, it's like people acting like animals almost. It's like there's nothing romanticized about it. And as you said, Sonia, it's not about, you know, I'm trying to do this to uh put food on my table and, you know, come together as a as a as a family, as a strange new country and blah, blah, blah. It's like I gotta make that cheddar so I can do this and that. It's, it's so basic. It's so base. They make and us seem so base. There's no, nothing romantic about base. You know, I wonder, well, I'm sure it would receive 
the same treatment. But I wonder how a movie about Rafael Edmonds III would be treated. I don't know if any of you have heard of him, but he was a DC drug kingpin. And we're talking about a guy, first of all, we're talking about a guy who built an organization that rivaled IBM. Um, secondly, we're talking about a guy who, who not only helped his family, he helped the whole neighborhood. Um, if someone said, hey, I need money, I need money for my baby, I got, you know, I got to buy diapers, he would give them a money, but not expect, not quote, expect anything in return except their loyalty. And people gave them, gave it to them because he saved their monetary asses time and time again. Right. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's the case with American Gangster. You know, country boy Frank Lucas mm -hmm. and Nicky Barnes, they were looked upon as heroes to the to the community. Um, Nicky Barnes used to give out turkeys every um, Thanksgiving Day season, you know, so they were looked at as, as but heroes. But that's not how they were depicted in, the, in, in motion pictures. Well, I, well, with American Gangster... I kind of think that the only reason why Denzel took that was because of, you know, uh, Country Boy. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people in the black community, they really didn't care what what white people felt about, about um, Lucas or Barnes. You know, they were looked upon, even though they were killers, and even though they were kind of poisoned, not kind of, they were poisoning the black community. Because, I mean, listen, when I was a student in Gompers High School, you had both crews selling drugs in the school. Okay. Same Lucas, drugs that are probably illegal today. Yeah. And, you know. and, and the, thing, the thing is also like the Godfather, you know, they, there was a lot of killing. But, you know, as in New York and other places, like, who cares? They're killing each other. You know? Oh well, look, look at the what is it? There's a line when I think they're having a a family meeting in the Godfather where people are talking about well, we should start the Corleones should start selling drugs, and he's like, no, we don't want to get into that. And I think some other mafioso says, well, we'll just sell it to to the niggas because they have no souls. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think someone verified that that actually, that discussion actually occurred. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's... And I mean, it's still... But it's, it's, still, it's still romantic. Like, oh, I want to oh, sell yeah. these drugs, but, you know, I have a line. I won't cross this line. Yeah, it's, 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 it's still, you have that romanticization of, of the mafia because I don't know if people notice, but... A lot of actors that had parts in the original Godfather movies started popping up on The Sopranos. Hmm. Um, what was the the assassin in, in the Godfather one and two? Neri, he played the 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 hitman that was dressed as a cop. Oh yeah, yeah. He popped up as an old man on The Sopranos, talking about how his character on The Sopranos killed the Neary character from the Godfather. Right. Yeah. Right. But you know, the, the, 
these these stories, even these these uh, stories are promoted by you know Oscar nominations and all. They affect real people. I, I know people that I've known in school who graduated from college. They were Italian. Their names ended in vowels and try to get jobs and they couldn't get them because people, you know, thought they were, you know, related to gangsters. I mean, I remember the story about Mario Cuomo, how his uh, one of his benefactors said, you know, you, you would be more successful if you change your name from Mario Cuomo to Mark Brown. You know, so it's, it hurts. It hurts a lot of people. It seems it hurts us, hurt us most. You know, and the Oscars seem to like hurt. They seem to like pain. I don't see why anyone from the color purple should have gotten a nomination. I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it. You know, I, you know, I, I, I don't know why. You know, people are hollering and screaming about Barbie. Um, being nominated and then the actress not being nominated, but should Barbie the be nominated the, at the all? Act, the actress and the author and the, and the director, director, but, she, but, but what, were, what makes it nominable? Got, what makes it nom nominating material, Oscar material? Because they gave them awards for all uh, nominations for everything else, but but the movie sure. itself, what makes it nominating material? What makes it Oscar material? The there fact that was, it made a lot of money. There was a lot of planning involved, or, or, or and you can see it, I should say, on the sets. The set, it was an original set design. I haven't seen set design or clothing and being able to replicate some of the clothing and the makeup that precise because they knew what people knew what people like when we were talking earlier about uh casting. Uh, people to play historical figures when we know what they look like. Well, people knew what Barbies are supposed to look like, and if they did even the slightest thing wrong, people would have called them out on it. You know, right down to how the cars operate, how the food, how you know they they ate, and things like that in Barbie. They knew people would call them out, so they spent Greta spent a lot of time in pre-production to make sure everything was right. So that she get an Oscar for for set decoration. She, they didn't even get that. Well, I'm I'm saying yeah, what as a movie though, what makes it non Oscar material? Because does, does they it, is it life changing. Does it change your point of view? It didn't change my point of view, but it should have changed a lot of men's point of view. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, you consider you should yeah. you know if you consider Barbie. I mean, look at the backlash that mm -hmm. it got from men. I mean, that guy got on his, his channel or whatever and destroyed a, a Barbie setup with with a Bible or something like that. I mean, conservative men, <laughs> conservative men just went ballistic. And incels. And what does it And does incels, it much, yes. Does it take much to make them go ballistic? No. No, but a movie like Barbie is one of them. You know, they see men that went ballistic when She-Hulk came out and called them on being on them being them. Yeah. Well, they call people out. If you call people out for being what they are, you're probably not going to get nominated. Well, you also should be good. It and was She-Hulk she was not good. No, she. I'm not, I was just saying about you know the same people will call out because they got called out. So, but Barbie was good. 
I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, Barbie was good. Um, Barbie you know, was good. Uh, which one What's that? What? what was that? That was Miss Penelope trying to figure out what she's doing. Oh, my God. That sounds so scary. That sounded scary. Maybe that's the vampire ball. Whoa. I see no teeth, though. Oh, look. She shows her teeth. She shows her fangs. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Get Out called people out on what they were. Mm-hmm. They didn't get nominated. Right. So, Well, American fiction calls people out. I know you guys haven't seen it, but and American Fiction calls people out. But and it's got nominated, and it won't, and probably won't win. And Jeffrey, but it was fantastic. And but, Jeffrey Wright, Jeffrey Wright is a national treasure, and he, oh won't, get, and he won't get and he won't win. Yeah, but there's also more diverse group now voting than in previous. But he still won't win. It's going to be the last. <laughs> director and some of those are going to be the last holdouts for the diversity for diversity to take a hold of until unless somebody happens to get elected in November. And does it matter if if a really good film that stars somebody like Jeffrey Wright who's a, who in my opinion is an amazing actor that never gets his due if it doesn't That's win right. does it win does it matter? It matters industry-wide, not to individual fan and individual film goers. Well, Halle Berry said after she won her Academy Award, she had a very hard time getting a job. Every best actress has, almost every best actress has a hard job. I'm surprised Michelle Yeoh had as much stuff come out after her win. I was, that we've been tallying it up and like, this doesn't always happen. That the best act, you know, the dark words to say for the uh, who ends up winning get well, situation is very different because she has a career otherwise um in asia so she was never really waiting for uh, herself to pick up in the united states she already had a career and a career here she just had to because hollywood is still you're everybody's after you and you're completely booked which is because everybody thinks you're booked you get nothing well you know what what makes penelope think she could jump in the middle of the show with all all of that static and that loud noise that's number one and then number two it's like across the board with uh people who win oscars like the gossip you know Mm. what's the dude's name with the nose we talked about the Holly Berry hugged. What's his name? Adrian. And your buddy, you, you don't, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. So, so the question, the question becomes, becomes does it matter? Does it matter? It matters, it matters in the industry. Because, because that's, that's the only thing that pays attention to the, the awards. awards. The people, the people within, within the, the industry, industry probably, probably not. not. Because Hollywood is this. Well, it doesn't make any sense. I I love you to death, Sonia. What you said makes no sense. So you said it matters. It matters matters in the industry, industry, but you can't get a job. job. It matters in the industry. Like the industry the people, the people as a collective are getting your actors. You must be getting tons of calls. 
you must be getting tons of offers because but the people within the industry know that you're not going to get tons of authors because, because everybody, everybody is assuming. assuming. As, a whole. As a whole. It's kind of it's like, kind the, of snake like snake the snake eating, eating its own, own tail. tail. You're caught, you're in, caught this in this nice, nice loop. loop. Okay. okay. It's still getting, still getting the echo. echo. And now we have, now we have two pedos. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think uh, it's uh, crashing, crashing up. Crashing up. You're echoing, man. We're on you anyway. This is the this best, is the best production, production job, job ever. ever. <laughs> but, yeah. I should get my own Oscar. <laughs> best audio design. I know, right? But that, that's the, it's, it's the perception versus the reality. People who actually do the work recognize the reality. Man, F that, man, Sonia. I want a job. So you would say, okay, I'm, gonna give, I'm not going to give Sonia a job because she looked like she needs, she got a piano in her background, so she doesn't need a job. So That's why you got to make your own. You know, make the your Bradley, own? Bradley and Cooper's you, Adrian Brody movie. made his own? Oh, Bradley Cooper start making his own stuff so that he's always working. That's why he got to do the thing with the nose. He went to the family and said, you've been wanting to make a film about Leonard. I'll make it. And as long as you he didn't need that write. permission, though, right? Nobody went and got it. And they agreed to, to, to let him look like their father or grandfather by putting a schlong on his nose. Yep. I wish somebody yep. was. So, you know, that's why we always tell, we, we always got the thing. We got to make, we can't wait for Hollywood. We got to make it ourselves. I know. And if I hate you for saying that over and over again. If we said it, made it ourselves. No, you're saying, I understand, Miss James. That's, you keep saying that. People have been saying that for the last X number of years. I know. And until we get into some power, some way to keep, that's why Tyler Perry makes his money. He said, yeah, I'm making he it on my own. Oh, my God. If you're waiting for that, then damn. Yeah. You know, he said, That's I, what I'm we're waiting, waiting for. No, we're, we're not supposed to be waiting for it. He didn't wait for it. He, he went and he made his billions. Sonia is absolutely right. We have to do our, make our own. You know. What are you saying, Mr. Goodrich? What, I mean, I'm, what are you saying? Black exploitation movie that wasn't our own? Actually... Black exploitation pictures, some of it was ours and yeah. some, of it, some of it wasn't. Like right. I said earlier, it was American International and MB MGM that, you know. Melvin Peoples made his own. Yeah. And that was great. And look at um, and a little, uh, a little on the side, um, not talking about movies, look at BET. I mean, black people, the, his idea was that black people want to see themselves and they don't want to see themselves in pain. Yeah. So that's why BET was so successful. I hope Byron um, uh, Allen makes that purchase. Uh, he's not, they're not going to, they took BET off the market, but now they're talking about selling all of Paramount, which BET is a part of. But I hope Tyler Perry doesn't get it. 
He's. I haven't heard him put that he put in a bid. I heard that Byron put in a bid for all of Paramount. It's like Medea Marathon. Get ready for it, y'all. You didn't ask for it, but you're good. You didn't ask for it. You don't want it, but that's what you're gonna get anyway. He's the Steve okay. Jobs of Black Entertainment right now. What's that? He's the Steve Jobs of Black Entertainment. I'm making it. You're gonna. You you don't know you need it yet, but you do. Hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare his product to an iPhone. Though. I'm not comparing it. I'm comparing the technique. Then why you say of, Steve Jobs, Miss James? Because that's what Steve Jobs. How Steve Jobs handled. <laughs> that's how he created Pixar. Nobody wanted a computer animated movie until Steve Jobs went. I'll make it. And then they like saw Pixar. how good and it was successful. And then yeah. everybody wanted it. But nobody saw anything good and successful. When it first started out, Pixar didn't have anything. Tyler Perry is garbage. That's garbage, y'all. You know, somebody it likes it. It's not even junk it. food. It's like pot fried potato chips sprinkled with heroin. <laughs> Some, <laughs> somebody's <laughs> making his billions. Somebody out there likes it. Exactly. And, then, and, they, not, and there'll be awards given out to him eventually. I'm not a Tyler Perry fan, but there's a certain segment of the black community that loves his work. I, I know people that like it. I know a lot of educated people that that, that go yeah. to see his movies. He, he does and, have you know, a series on BET that where there's a black man as president now, and it's not Obama. You know, he had the second black president on. Uh, there's a drama. I think it's a mm -hmm. drama. I don't know on BET. That has it's about the second black president. Is he gonna wear a dress? Nope. And <laughs> Tyler Perry's not in it, but he Wait wrote every it. no, but the black president is gonna wear a dress. Oh. Watch. <laughs> so it does, I will watch. And he did have a nighttime soap that was, you know, they people said you can't have black people being the bad guys in nighttime soaps, and then Diane Carroll came around and went, Watch me. Oh, she was and great. So, yeah. And so him. now Tyler Perry's doing the same thing in another one of his uh, nighttime soaps he's got on. Well, he's not so great. But that's somebody what you get. Look, you somebody didn't ask look. for it. You didn't ask for it that you don't want it, but that's what you get. That's, well, as Penelope that. used to say, I see the clock on the wall. <laughs> I don't actually see a clock on the wall. But um, we'll, we'll wrap up. I thank you guys for indulging me in hosting this uh, show. This Mikagosh, as Mr. Goodridge would say. I beg uh, you, what? Mikagosh. Mikagosh. Are you, are you trying to say Minutia? No, you know what I'm saying, man. Okay. <laughs> Don't try to play me. Don't try to play me. Mikagosh. You know what's up. Okay, okay. All right, New York. He's still upset because his stuff. <laughs> because what happened on Okay, Tuesday. go KC. You know uh, it. So thank you all. I hope you have a wonderful evening. We're gonna we're gonna uh, sign off. Thank you all for participating, and good night to everyone. All good right. Good night. Let, let's good night. Let's push the host out in the airlock. Push him out. Uh, in the thank you. Appreciate your support. You notice he listens to this. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.